Welcome to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, with your host, Vanessa. On this podcast, we talk about who your coach is when the name tag comes off. What makes this coach tick? How did they get started? And what kept them going? What coach inspired them? Do they have any passions outside of coaching? And most importantly, what do they want their legacy to be? Tune in to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. And today, y'all, we have on Chris Brown from Alpharetta, Georgia, but you're not actually from Georgia. You're from Rochester, New York, and you lived in six other states. What's that been like? Do you have a favorite state? Yeah, I've been in several states, and uh, what it's kind of been like, I'd probably say, is both fun and also weird. Uh, the, reason, the reason why I'm saying weird is because some of the states I lived in, I probably would have never chose to be like, that seems like fun. So <laughs> I've actually uh, been very good states. I'd probably say... Uh, my first favorite is Georgia, the one I live in now. I think it's a fantastic place. I love living in the ATL area. Uh-huh. Great. Um, I, even though I grew up in upstate New York, I absolutely hate the cold. Not a fan of snow anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I've done my. I think I've done my bid. Over <laughs> 17 years, and I'm over it. Uh, but my second state I actually like living in was Maryland. Okay. But yeah, those. Yeah. So. That that was uh, those are I mean, yeah so six different states which is like you know Virginia Connecticut uh, Maryland you know, Massachusetts Rhode Island if you can believe that and then Georgia that's awesome yeah I always every time I hear Georgia I can't hear I can't unhear the song right like it's always comes to mind right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like Rick Charles come from back Georgia it really does though. God, Ray, man, such a beautiful voice. Now, this uh, podcasting format probably doesn't feel too foreign to you since you did graduate with a broadcasting and journalism degree. What made you choose that degree? So here's the thing. Um, I grew up um, up in New York, um, had a lot of influences around, like, you know, believe it or not, more of, like, acting and different things of that nature. So... Uh, it's so funny. I wound up having a conversation with my mom when she asked me during the time when I was probably my 11th grade year, you know, what is it that you're thinking that you want to major in when you're going to school? So I said, you know what? It was either between, you know, like some level of like, you know, artistic movement, like drawing or acting. I said, definitely I want to be an artist. And my mom was like, that's great, son. But there's a lot of starving artists out there. <laughs> and unless you want to be poor, let's, let's, let's find something else. So... I said, okay, I guess the closest thing that was next to that was broadcast journalism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it kind of went in there in that direction. Of course, I would always watch, um, you know, ESPN, you know, getting a chance to, like, you know, see what that was like. And believe it or not, you know, when I graduated from college, that's where I worked. So uh, that was my my first uh, industry job, if you will. So that (laughs) that was the first reason as to why that actually happens. 
That's so interesting. And you also worked for the Discovery Channel as well, which initially I'm immediately thinking, cool, you get to travel the world, you get to do all the awesome things that are on there, but that's not what it was really like. Can you tell us about what happened with your job with them? Yeah, that really sounds like fun. But that <laughs> right. didn't happen at all. Uh, yeah, that, that really sounds amazing. But yeah, I worked, um, so I'll paint the picture for you. I was working at Discovery Channel in Silver Springs, Maryland. Um, I worked for uh, a department at the time called Quality Control. So basically, uh, I worked from 2 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning where I was sitting in the editing bay by myself and looking at a screen, looking for dots and, you know, jumps in music or jumps in screen. And needless to say, that did not work well for Chris Brown. No way. So, no, it just, you know, it was just one of those things that I think over time I knew this wasn't working and they knew it wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a transition of like, yeah, let's not do it. So, so you need a good company, of course, absolutely. Right, you needed a little bit more movement in your life, and your your now absolutely. your now wife is actually why you ended up in Georgia, and with Lifetime somehow. Like, there's a lot of different stuff that happened in between there. But can you fill the spaces how you got into the fitness world and wanting a career, um, that coming from that broadcasting career into fitness career? Yeah, like there's a lot of like pins and that, that connect dots. So like I said, you know, I worked in media business for maybe about like a total of maybe three and a half years. And, you know, uh, Discovery Channel was my last stop. And it just was, you know, like I said before, it wasn't really working out. So um, I was living in Maryland at the time. I worked in the sales industry, you know, just sending people to work for labor. I was working in Baltimore. Then, um, you know, for... A bit, I decided like, okay, let me go ahead and try my, you know, my hand in the, in the Boston market. So I went over there. I had a couple of friends, and the friends I knew that, like, you know, I went down to go, uh, you know, live with her. And you know, it was just, you know, any any type of like, you know, movement for me. I'm always, I was at that time always looking for something else to do. But I always loved working out. That was just my thing. Even when I was at ESPN. You know, I got more into it, you know, as, uh, you know, I became an employee there. But also the same token, even when I was living in Maryland, even I worked, even though I worked at graveyard shift, I just, I wanted to always stay active. You know, I played sports in high school, but didn't play in college, but I always wanted to stay active. And so when I met uh, my wife, I met her actually in Rhode Island uh, at the time. And it's so funny, our very first conversation that we had was about living in Georgia. So, you know, uh, we were talking about, I talked about how much I liked, you know, working out and different things like that. And then, you know, she put me in contact with a guy that she knew. Um, and he was just kind of telling me about the fitness industry. And I, you know, just decided like, okay, let me give it a shot in regards to like just trying to get a certification. I was still working in the film industry. So I just thought of getting like, you know, one of those uh, uh, certifications that you see online, then you write something up and they'd be like, cool, here's a certification. <laughs> So I, you know, took that and I was like, great, well, this seems cool. But I still kept working in the, you know, the sales industry. So shortly after, you know, my wife had wound up uh, moving to uh, Georgia first. So it was like a couple of months that we got engaged in December of 2009. So maybe two months after that, I moved to Georgia. I just moved to uh, work at a sister company, uh, the company I was working for. And during that time in 2010, you know, Georgia was still going through its economic breakdown. And they had to close the office that I was working in. 
I remember coming home one day and I told my wife, you know what, they, of course they closed the office, you know, and, you know, shoot, that was coming too. I said, well, I'll just go ahead and get a job, you know, back at the old company that I had. They have a, you know, a branch down here. She was like, why? I'm like, well, first off, I want to make sure that we, we don't become poor, but, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I have a job. And so she said to me, and I'll never forget it, she said, but you love training. Why would you not do something that you love to do? Right. And so it took me back because, you know, I'm thinking that's more of a luxury to do. And I particularly didn't feel like I was in a luxury situation. But, you know, it, it, it was such a great support that my wife gave me at the time. We had, of course, money saved up to do it. And I decided to go ahead and get uh, get more certif- uh, certified in you know, personal training. So I would do a couple of things here and there on my own. But I started to notice that, like, you know, my my, my wife's job, it was a great job, but they didn't have health benefits. And at the time, I wasn't currently employed by anyone. And we just didn't want to do, you know, uh, the one that was provided by, you know, the state. So I came across online this company called Lifetime Fitness. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know what, I'll just go ahead and just do some sales work because I have a sales industry uh, background. And so I, you know, got my resume together and I'm driving over there and I catch this flat tire in the middle of the rain <laughs> and I'm trying to be able to figure out what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. This guy's really, really nice, you know, help me with my tire until like, you know, AAA got there, help me with my, my, my tire. I literally almost thought about turning back around and said, I'll just try to get the next day. But I said, you know what, I'm already, you know, close to the exit. Let me go. I get up to Lifetime and I see this talus. I said, surely this isn't a gym. And so I walk in there and I see this beautiful building with all this, you know, of course, this gym equipment, marble floors, everything. So this place looks amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I long story short, I want to, of course, you know, getting a job at, in the sales department. And I became an account manager at the time. And it was so funny how things transitioned because literally I was in that job maybe for two and a half months. And I remember when this is when we had really real deal closeouts. And this is maybe like nine o'clock at night. I'm sitting down in the cafe and the PT manager at the time, um, she was sitting down there with me, we were all talking, and she just came out to say, Hey, listen, I heard that you trained. I said, Yeah. And then she said, Why don't you come upstairs and train with us? And then I said, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so, you know, it was just one thing led to another. Um, she got me an interview, um, a couple of different interviews set up. One thing led to the next, and I was in a PT cert. And from there, I became a personal trainer. And since 2011, I have had a blast working for Lifetime Fitness and also being a fitness professional, and I would never change it for anything. And now we're about to celebrate your 10-year anniversary on April yeah. 25th. So early, early congratulations. That's a, I mean, that's phenomenal to be with any company that long and the dedication yeah. that it takes, the discipline, um, and I'm sure the reward. Um, yeah, speaking of, speaking of reward, they sent me one in the mail today. Oh. I got a 10-year service plaque, so shout out to Lifetime. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that is so cool. Well, awesome timing. Um, 
Now, out of all of those 10 years, what do you feel like is one of your most favorite memories that stands out and or one of your most favorite client success stories? Um, so I'll give you two. Um, one of my one of my most favorite times, of course, I think that I've had the uh, the luxury of being amongst a good amount of uh, different uh, team. Even though I've only worked in one location, but a different group of people um, throughout the course of my ten years. But uh, the time frame I'd probably say is like you know, even in my earlier times, maybe like maybe three years being in the, in the company where. We would do things like, um, you know, almost like team building, but definitely around the region. And the one thing about it is, for as much as, you know, we are very competitive for, as far as the clubs, you know, wanting to, you know, do our jobs and do it well and be able to, like, you know, friendly, you know, encourage one another as far as other clubs. We'll always get together, too, as well, and do the fun things, whether it be going to, you know, uh, we had this place called Sky Zone where we're jumping on trampolines and doing random <laughs> things like we're five years old. Okay. Or playing kickball or flag football, but getting a chance to know even other trainers and fitness professionals in different, you know, clubs to build that camaraderie, specifically in the Southeast. So it was just such a great time. It's almost like you never wanted to go home. That's how great it was. Right. Um, my second one I'd probably say is, I was maybe I think maybe my second year being there. One of my most one of my memorable ones that I love amongst many other ones. But uh, it was a young lady that I trained um, named Annie Walker, and um, you know her parents came in to bring her in, wanted to be able to make some really big changes in her life, and you know it was such a a really big deal for her. But with myself, our, our dietitian at the time, our metabolic coaches at the time, we all together tag team to help her lose over like thirty something odd pounds. It was such a big thing for her and her family. They were so grateful for it. And she just always had a great spirit. And those are the most rewarding things to me to be able to know that someone feels that their life's been changed and that people care about them. Right, right. That camaraderie, that impact that comes from community and support. And you've, you've been a part of, at, at minimum, three major um, impactful communities like lifetime your fraternity and the church that you go to what do you feel like is some of the most impactful moments that helped build camaraderie and community in each of those environments for you um uh definitely you know uh my my church uh definitely is always going to be important to me where wherever i may be you know, with the state specifically seems though I've traveled uh, quite a bit. Right. But faith is definitely big um, for me. It always has been growing up. My mother is still back, and then me and my brothers and my sister a long time. And that's something that, dro- uh, that drives me daily um, to also be able to see life in the many, uh, the many colors that, you know, I believe that I should be able to see them and to be able to treat people the way that they need to be treated. But my faith is what also keeps me even going on a lot of different days. Um, as far as like my fraternity is concerned, I mean, having the opportunity, my fraternity Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated, um, getting a chance to be among, among men, whether they be alive or that have passed on, that share similar ideas of like wanting to uplift one another, uh, wanting to understand true character, true scholarship, you know, persevering through tough times and also uplifting one another. Uh, that's something that I would definitely say those are like, you know, pillars of my life that I like to stand upon and just knowing also, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed 
this helps me with relationships and understanding like what we used to say is friendship is essential to the soul. So even being a friend at like those types of things has helped me just to grow as a human being and also to be able to see some of the things that I can be able to grow in myself, but also to help others along the way. Now, being a mentor is incredibly important um, for someone else and having a mentee to be able to teach and educate, um, you know, and I'm sure your mother could advocate for that, um, being that she was a, a teacher and a counselor and a youth minister and minis- uh, missionary. Is that, that's correct, right? Did I get all those correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, beautifully, yes. Awesome. And she was, she, I think that um, she was my real-life superhero. Yeah. If, if I'm... If I'm going to say it, I mean, my mother, uh, she did a lot. Um, she she lived her free. She led by example. And I think, um, you know, I get a lot from her in regards to the for passion. You know, she's a very passionate person. And at the same token, she wanted to understand people. Like, whether you, you're having a great time in your life or you're having a not-so-great time as far as a downslope, she always wanted to be able to know, like, hey, listen, you can win. And I think that's what I adopted over time in my life that I want to be able to give to people, which is to know that winning is the only option for you in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's because if you decide to choose it. Right. Believing in someone when they don't believe in themselves, seeing them when they don't want to be seen, things like that that are impactful for for folks that have just kind of like lost their light. I feel like that we get that we get that opportunity each day to impact people in that way that it's, you know, even today I've had someone that was in a male at that that was moved to tears just because I straight up acknowledged him for what, you know, what and where he was at. And that just, that is such a reward. And I definitely feel like, I feel like I have multiple whys and I feel like I have multiple purposes, but definitely this is one of the most one of the most powerful whys of my life. Do you feel like personal training is your why or your purpose? Yes, I, I mean, it's, it's so funny. I, it, for, for some, you know, it may not seem like much. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's an industry where for some people it's just like working out. Right. But I think that for me, you know, I have the chance to inspire people. So it's not just like, hey, listen, we're doing, we're lifting weights and we're running, or it looks like I'm, I get joy of killing people. It's more of, because that's just a lot of times right. that trainers, <laughs> trainers do. Yep. I think the joy is to understand that as a trainer, as a fitness professional, there are many hats that, if, if you care about people, there are many hats that you are going to wear. Uh, number one, of course, giving them the instructions on how to do the exercise talking about being their accountability partner, their motivator, sometimes counselor, sometimes friend. It's a lot of things that go into that. And what I want to be able to do is to, to be the catalyst to help somebody keep going on their journey. If it looks like they're about to get up, go ahead and make a left down the wrong direction, I want to be able to do kind of like what you did, which is make an acknowledgement of something that may seem small to someone else, but big to them, which makes them turn around and just keep going. Yeah, keep absolutely. Going. It, in this life, you know, we're, we're, we're bound to come up against things. But as long as you keep persevering, see it through, keep going. You know, there's a part of this poem that, I, you know, I, I learned. It's, it's called See It Through by Edgar Alvarez. It says, black may be the clouds about you and your future may seem grim, but don't let your nerve desert you. Keep yourself in fighting trim. And so basically meaning the fact that like this, there's going to be some things that are going to happen. 
but keep rolling. Build up that 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 grit in in yourself that would say, I will keep going no matter what happens. And that's what I want to do. I I love that, and it just reminds me of whenever we first spoke. Wherever there is a Williams, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I'm so cool. You, I love it. Yeah, my mom used to say it all the time. My mom's maiden name uh, was Williams, and <laughs> she would always say that to us. She was like, "Wherever there's a Williams, there's a way." And you know, you know, even with my last last name Brown, it was just the the, the spirit behind that is, "Hey, listen." Wherever, wherever there's a door, there's a way. Wherever there's a, a, a small part of a, a, a light, uh-huh. there is a way. And you can keep, you can win if you decide to. Winning is in your mind, not necessarily always by what's measured by society, but what do you plan to do to try to win in the arena that you can see in your life? Yes. Sometimes winning is just to live. Winning is just to live. You know, people deal with depression, mental health issues, dealing with death, all different types of things that may want to count them out, you know? And those are the things that sometimes if they can be able to take that one more step will get them out of that door to win that battle. Mm-hmm. Now, I I love that you're, I feel like I can see your mom. I'm not, I've never actually like looked at your <laughs> at your profile to like see her face, but I feel like I can picture her in my, in my head, especially because you told me she was five foot one, but she probably had a personality like six feet. So six and six ten. This lady, <laughs> oh my gosh, she she could command a room. Yes, and she would yeah, stare. Yeah. Would she just stare into people's souls like right off the bat and be and just kind of be able to have that way with them, where she would be able to figure out like kind of just what they needed. She it, it was like um if I'm hopeful I'm using this right it was like a, a relative type of spirit, meaning the fact that like I want to relate to you to see where you are first. Ooh, I don't yes. want to just uh, immediately tell you something like, you need to, let me see where you are first. Yes. And to be able to meet you where you are, and that way you can be able to see the building blocks of where I'm trying to take you, which is to a point where you're going to win. This is what, this is what we want to do. Yes. It was an encouragement, whether it be like the counselor, like, you know, as the counselor, as the reverend, as a family member, as a friend, it was always an encouraging word, always an encouraging word. She was like, you're going to be all right, baby. You're going to be okay, you know. <laughs> God is on the throne, you're going to be fine, you know, and it's, you know, and my mom's favorite thing she would always say, and I, you know, I'm young, I'm always like, okay, mom, and then she would ask me, like, hey, how you doing, baby, and I'm like, I'm all right, she said, no, you're blessed and highly favored, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, but I think her biggest thing was to say, you speak over your own life, mm-hmm. you, you set the tone of what you want your life to be. Mm-hmm. It's choice. Yes, choice. Absolutely. I mean, we, you and I, we both chose a fitness industry life, Uh, you know, and we chose to make this decision to help people. Mm -hmm. No matter. We've chosen this life. It was our chosen way of life in this arena. Mm -hmm. And with that, we've chosen to go ahead and go beyond the norm in some situations to go help people to see that they can be able to have a better life. Mm -hmm. And you said that if you were to have any superpower, it would probably be that you also read people very well as well. You notice everything. I, well, I, you know what, for the, I'm, I'm not flawless on it, but I would, one thing my wife would always say, you, you tend to read, read people pretty well. <laughs> okay. You know? But other things I like, I will definitely like it. But the one thing is I, I for as much, and it's so funny, you know, our whole conversation, I'm the, you know, oh, blah, 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 big, big live wire in the room sometimes. 
but I am observing you. <laughs> so right. It's, it's, it's something um, I try to do, you know, and a part of that too is like, you know, my mom was good on that. Uh, my father was a darn good at that. <laughs> Just kind of let you know, like, look here, this is not what you want to do, or this is something I think that you'll be great at. So I think that, um, you know, the best of both worlds on that, which is meeting people where they are, you know, and having, uh, what is it, uh, Stephen Covey said, see, Stephen Covey would say, uh, seek to understand before being understood. Oh, I just read so, that quote today. Yeah, I tell you what. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> seek to it's, understand it's and thing. then to be understood. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. It's, a, it's such a, it's a big thing because sometimes that's also a tough thing to do. Specifically, depending upon the situation yes. and the tone of the situation, yes, and how you feel about that person, whatever the case is. But if you if you can find it in yourself to seek to understand first yes. the situation and that person before being understood, a lot of headway can be made. Oh man, yes, I've yeah. I've even spoken to uh, what resonates with me is your perception is a reflection, meaning don't take everything personally. Everything, the way that you react to certain situations has a whole lot more to do with you than it does to do with people's, you know, how they engage with you. So, and then vice versa. And, um, but it's, you know, it's wonderful to be able to learn from certain peers, from your work, your coworkers, obviously um, leaders that are in your industry, um, some other people that you learned from, though, was your, your fraternity brothers. And you mentioned mm-hmm. um, friendship is essential to the soul. Can you, um, yeah. can you extend on what that meant for you? Yeah, there, there, are, there, are some, um, there are things in life that will come and go in regards to, like, you know, riches and, you know, station and, and different things in your life. But if you really look at it, true friends, a lot of times, all you may have sometimes is your friends. You know, your friends... You know, these are the people that you choose. Mm-hmm. You've chosen your friends. Don't get me wrong. Family is fantastic. Family, but that's something that is put upon you. But choosing a friend, I chose to be in a relationship with you. That's precious. Because a friendship is something that you build. Something that where like, I'm, I'm choosing to be amongst an, an ally with you. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to be team with you. And your sorrows are my sorrows. Your joys are my joys. You know, whenever you're having that tough time, I'll bear it with you. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're having success, I want to celebrate you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your uh, biggest influence in who you've become today is your mom, or do you have a, a another person as well? Um, I mean, for so I'll, I will say this. Um, you know, I've had you know several people that um, that I've looked to, like you know that that helped me to keep rolling. You know, I'm gonna. I want to shout out my, my good partner, actually one of a good uh, a work partner as far as within the company that I uh, always want to show him love, man. He's a, he's a solid guy. You and I both believe that Dave Freeman. Yes. That, that's <laughs> my guy. I love him to death. I got a chance to, uh, you know, uh, work along with him in not necessarily particularly in uh, uh, the same club, but in the same region for a while in the Atlanta market. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a solid dude. He's a you know, solid human. Yes. Great character. It's going to be Dave. But um, if I'm saying the person I feel like the most is definitely my mother. Yes. She is, she was, she's, she's everything, you know. So I think because of the fact that she strives so hard to be, you know, the person that you could rely on. Not saying that she was perfect, but just to rely 
rely on, but also the same token to give you that extra umph mm-hmm. to keep going, mm-hmm. that's her. So, Do you feel like there was a lesson she tried to teach you when you were younger that you didn't quite get until you were older? Yes. <laughs> um, so if you rewind, when you said, don't take things so personal, oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Personal McGee. Okay, so let me say this. I'm born in, I'm born in June, right? I'm a cancer, right? I'm a cancer so, too. Oh! That's so, why. You know, so, you know it, it's, it's real. You know what I mean? You, you know, it's, you're passionate. Yes. You also take things so personally. You feel all I the think, feels all the time. Yes. Yes. And... I think what it is is like, you know, there's almost a level of like, I just don't understand. Why would you not? And some of things are just what they are. And what I recognize too is even if, like, there's a lesson, and she, she didn't say it in so many words, it's like, what's this? What's this? It's like, not, number one, not everybody's going to like, I'm a performer by nature, uh-huh. right? You know, the enthusiast, whatever the case is, you know, I want to make sure everyone's having a good time, right. you know? But, Here's the deal. Not everybody's going to like your style. Not yeah. everybody's going to particularly care for you for the moment. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. No. Doesn't mean that the fact that you're a terrible human being doesn't mean that there's always something wrong with you. It just means that you don't you're just not their favorite sports drink. And that's okay. Because that means that you can still be who you are and that leaves room for someone else that they like to mm-hmm. be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop you from being good to them still. Mm-hmm. My mom said, that I, I kid you not, there was a video that I posted because um, my mom's birthday was in February. Oh. And it was a video that my, my, my brother had saved. And she was like, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can be too nice. Meaning the fact that like, you can always be respectful and be nice with someone. Mm-hmm. Don't ever let them be able to take away your... Basically, what she was saying, don't ever let, let someone take away your character mm-hmm. of who you are. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is now you've allowed whether something or someone to dictate who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So if I want to be good-natured, be good-natured. Right. And so though, that's the, the bigger thing that she was trying to instill in me, like, don't take everything so personal. She said, I know you... She's like, I, I know how you feel, sweetheart. You know, I understand that you, you feel hard. You, you want to be able to make everybody happy. And then when they're not happy and then somebody's upset, you know, you just can't understand certain things or you get offended by it. But, you know, sometimes that's just life, you know. And and it wasn't as, shoot, if, if I'm being transparent, it wasn't until recent years where it, the light came on like, hey, bro, not everybody likes you. But I, but I, everybody, like, I'm so likable. I don't understand. <laughs> like, right. I was like. like but don't kiss me. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty amazing. But, or, or, like, I tried to do this. So let's, let's look at the replay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things. Or even more so, if someone said something that wasn't always so favorable, uh-huh. you don't necessarily have to have the quick response. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just. Take it for the, either one, shut up, mm-hmm. listen for a little bit. Maybe sometimes just even listening for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You might find a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then within that, recognizing sometimes even some ways I say things, people may say things to you, may seem a little off, mm-hmm. but don't take it personal. Sometimes it's just, you know, their personality to be curt or to be very, you know, 
sharp. And you as the cancer person, just like, why are you talking to me this way? Mm-hmm. Did something happen? What did I do? Why would you, who, who would even think to say something like that? Uh-huh. I don't get that. And then now your, your day is full of thoughts that you didn't want. So it's just, you know, some oh. things you take, some things you don't. Yep. over fast processors, empathetic, em- like we're just empaths through and through. And I, But I feel like, sure. you know, and I did have to learn that lesson late in life too as well. That was really hard for me. But it also let me roll off so much more weight off of my shoulders that I kept taking people's problems on my back and trying to fix them, heal them. Um, understand them and if they just don't want to make the time you know to be able to have the equal exchange sometimes I also started feeling like there is something about my personality that is disturbing their soul and sometimes I feel like it's you know that lesson that says when the student is ready the teacher will appear they're not ready to learn yet some people aren't ready to be able to meet themselves yet they're not happy with themselves and because I feel like at the very least, I can be honest and say, I always create a safe space for someone to be themselves. And if you're not happy with yourself, I'm going to probably mirror that to you and say, I'll hold your hand and let's work on it together. Because the people that I surround myself with, I'm going to try to raise you up and I'm going to try to make you the best possible version of yourself. But if you're not ready to work, if you're not ready to heal, if you're not ready to reflect on that, then yeah, I'm probably going to get on your nerves because I'm going to bring it to your attention. So I've just kind of like washed my hands with that, those types of situations, you know? And it's not a problem. That's not a problem either to do that. And a part of you wants to believe like, am I abandoning that? You're not. Right. I think one of the biggest things, what you said is like, when they're ready, Uh they'll make those. They'll come back. If they're not, Mm -hmm. they'll they'll be be fine on the road that that they're going. You don't have to go on every road. (laughs) The road that you're going on, that's your road. Not every road is for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that and, and you can find peace in that to understand that, like, you know what, it's the same thing even when people are, when they're dealing with training, not everybody's going to say yes when you're trying to make the connection with them to like, hey, listen, let's go ahead and do some things together. And they're just like, mm-hmm. and you just, you know, sometimes you want to take it personal, like, what's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong. It's just the fact that they're either one, yeah. not ready to invest in their health at that level, or two, Maybe you're not the person that needs to do that. And that's okay because you shouldn't want to be everybody's person. Right. Because sometimes it may not be good for you. Yeah, it's just not a good fit. It's like a little puzzle yeah. piece. Yeah. But that's, sure. yeah, there's so many moments where, you know, you. I feel like people have had that realization where I'm explaining certain things or what obviously trying to fill in the spaces for them. And I'm like, you know, it, it seems like your goals and your your mindset they aren't they aren't where they need to be you know there is a disconnect of i feel like you're you're lying to yourself about where you actually want your goals to be unwrap why that means something to you you know like what would it mean to you to lose that weight what's really buried behind the need to be less do you know or do more um that just i always want to kind of get behind the why of the goal yeah what do you feel like is a recent goal of yours or something that you were most proud of recently? Um, my r- most recent goal I think I'm proud of <laughs> is, um, so I've been doing, so let me say this, as I'm a vision, like a more of a visionary type of person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm throwing ideas out like, hey, listen, this is what we should be doing. <laughs> 
when it's time to put everything together for organization, I'm like, all right, guys, so I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm not that guy. You got it. I, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, like, you know, let me say something. I'm shooting guns from the hip all day long. But the one thing I'm the most proud of now is, like, lately I've been doing things to, like, you know, schedules, organizations, making sure things are more in line because that is not a strong suit of mine. And I have been grown to do that. And I think I'm, I'm super proud about that because now that's going to open up more opportunities for me to be the better version of me because, you know, I believe in your life you have chapters, you know, and this is the newer chapter that you're trying to go into. And sometimes you got to learn some things first in the previous summary of the last chapter before you go on to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm learning. Got you. Now, what do you feel like is something that you currently battle with? Would it be what you're mentioning is just is kind of the execution of your goals? So um, I think it's just more so it will be the um, before, which is so. So now I'm, 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 I'm determined to make it my, my strength, uh-huh. which is like, you know, the initial we're doing it. We got it rolling. I'm the let's go do it immediately. I'm the immediate guy. Mm-hmm. But then it's the. You have to have the consistent follow through because what happens is I have, I do that, in, you know, in various different places or other different parts of the pockets of my life. But there are some of just like, you started here, you, you were doing great. What happened? Yeah. You know, so I think the biggest thing is take it brick by brick, but be consistent. You know, I mean, and this is something like, you know, you'll, you'll play tricks in your mind. Like, I don't know if I'm doing this. How can I, how can I do this? Can I, am I not good at this? But then there are parts in my life where I'm recognizing I can't do this because I've done this several times. Like, for instance, I've, I've done, you know, physique, men's physique competitions. I've done four of them. And if anything, that is a lot of discipline to yeah. meal prep, to stick to the, uh, to the macronutrients, to work out, to do the supplement, to do the posing. It is, but it's more so, it has to be the forefront of your mind more of how important is this to you? Mm-hmm. And be honest. You got to look yourself in, in, in yourself in the mirror. Like, how important is this issue to you, or this situation to you? And to the point to where you're going to make sure you do the follow up. You're going to do the things that you need to do to see this whole picture through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I feel like I've had to learn multiple times, and um, just keep trying to do is how to be an ally. I feel like we've had a really trying year, to say the least. Um, And it's nothing new, but one of the most powerful moments of this past year was uh, to witness uh, the BLM protests. And one of the ways I want to help to be a better ally is acknowledging platforms like this one and the influence I have by making, uh, by having uncomfortable conversations to raise the voices that are normally silenced. And I'm a part of our, our LT Inclusion Council here. So this is kind of the approach that I would like to, to have in my control to spread awareness of current and past situations and experiences that are still occurring. Um, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge you as a human first and that I respect you as a man, as a coworker, um, and as a black man that can enrich our perspectives within the life that you've lived thus far. Um, I would love if you could please share some experiences as a black man in the fitness industry or growing up in America. Yeah, sure. Um, first, I definitely want to, uh, I, I have to, I'd be remiss if I did not uh, shout out like Lifetime's Inclusion Council. Um, they're doing such a phenomenal job and I, I, I tip my hat to them because you know, Lifetime could have just 
stood by and tried to wait this whole situation out, mm-hmm. but they decided to get involved. So I, I just want to say thank you because this does mean a lot to the employees mm-hmm. and the members, you know, and as it continues to keep developing, I expect to see great things. As far as um, me growing up as a, as, as a black man in America, you know, um, I've seen some, um, some ups and some downs. I've had, you know, influences that have helped me to be able to see, um, number one, to show me how to see people for who they are. Um, not, you know, necessarily by what they've uh, been deemed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's gonna be important for anyone, you know, moving forward in their life. But I've had the opportunity to, you know, get a chance to run in various different circles that I probably, like many of my, like, you know, you know, black, uh, brothers and sisters in my community have not gotten a chance to do but also the same token i have experienced um some things that were not favorable in regards to being black in this country racism blatant racism um and both of them have shaped me to be a person in regards to wanting to be involved in the ways of two ways number one you know for those that are like yourself, that want to be able to see positive change, want to be able to get on the same page, continue that allyship, continue that ally movement, because that's where we become stronger together. And number two is to help the, to help my black community in regards to how to be able to push them forward, different things that we can be able to do so that way they see their value of who they are. I um, was blessed to have parents that instilled that into me and my brothers and my sister since we were children. You know, um, just knowing who we are as African-Americans, as blacks in this country, knowing about our history, knowing about the people in this country that contributed to this country. And I know that we talk about just uh, but black history, but black history is American history. This was ingrained inside of this country. And that's what I want, you know, especially the youth to understand and to know and that they can be able to feel that I am a part of this history. I'm going to push history forward. And therefore, I'm going to make it a brighter future as we as we continue on in this age. So I think that, you know, whether it has been positive or negative in regards to me just being black in this country, I've gotten enough information and I'm continuously learning uh, how to be not only an ally to my other uh, counterparts, whether you be, you know, uh, uh, any culture, uh, how to be an ally, but also the same token, how to be able to see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, how to, how to be able to create an environment to help, how to be able to just not sit by. Doesn't necessarily mean whether it be me just be going out to, to speak out, whether it be setting up programs, whether it be doing anything, helping out in regards to, uh, you know, helping out with black businesses, you know, which is a big thing that we are trying to push right now is the support of black owned businesses in this country. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where I've had that opportunity from my background, from people that I've been plugged with, to, uh, to give that knowledge and to help out and to also help people that are in my own community so that way they can be a part of this movement too. Yeah, I hear that. Well, thank you for um, you know expressing your, um, your feelings on that, on that piece. It's, it's definitely a challenging area to navigate because um, Unfortunately, some of the hardest conversations are the ones that we need to have. And it's just, you know, I, I, I find myself tripping over my words just because I want to be able to have conversations. But you obviously don't want to just walk up to your friend and be like, hey, so how is it, you know, 
Um, you know, like it just feels like yeah. it just feels like being black. Yeah. Right? I, I, like, know, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, but then, yeah. but um, but anyway, um, I feel like I think the biggest thing with that, though, if you don't mind me saying, is yes. doing what you're doing now, which is not being afraid to go in unfamiliar space. Right. And I think um, I have to tip my hat to the to the newer generation, to the to the younger generation, because that's what they're doing. They are more inclusive. And I think with my generation on back, I think that the only two things that we can do is support them and get out the way because they are the ones that's bringing us together in regards to a level of inclusion to be able to see one another. As you said, I want to see you as a human. You yeah. know, they, they tend to do a lot of that. And I think that getting in each other's spaces and learning about one another, not assuming that you know, because I don't want to say that I assume to know about white people, Asian people, Latino people, you know, other like other cultures. I want to get a chance to know from you, you right. know, and you should want to get a chance to know from me, right. because that's the only way how this thing is going to change. Right, and I think I think that was the hardest learning curve for me that I explained when you and I first spoke was <clears throat> being raised uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, in a Montessori school initially where we actually celebrated uh, world culture um, and holidays from all different sorts of countries. So it didn't, like, we never really discussed color. We discussed just culture and enriching the celebrations that are happening around the world. So, I mean, luckily I was immersed in that way, you know, from, from youth. So when I went into a public school and people were categorizing certain uh, groups of kids by their color and their race, I was like real confused because I was like, shoot, like, what do you mean? Like people don't play with each other. I mean, and obviously that's on a very elementary level, but that's kind of when it started was just the curiosity of why there is segregation and separation and why there there is like certain labeling about certain characteristics with certain things. And um, just having those types of conversations. And I would hope that if I happen to have kids um, someday that it's also, you know, something that I have a conversation with my kids about because I do feel like it is unfair that there's many things that are unfair. Let me say that. But it, I do think it is unfair that many um, black communities and black families have to have those types of conversations with their kids. And we're not also trying to be, you know, gentle whenever we are teaching other um, kids whenever they're growing up about what people in different communities are growing up having to constantly be aware of. Right now there's a big conversation obviously with the Asian community and also with women and women empowerment um, and the fact that we are constantly having to be watching our backs and holding our keys and not wearing the same shoe, you know, the wrong shoes. And so uh, my point is just that let's have these important conversations young so that we can create a youth um, that is more intelligent with being here it goes, and more empath- empathic and under and empathetic with understanding that there's so much, there's so much that you know happens for different communities, um, right? And we need to be conscientious of that so that we can support and have stronger friendships and an allyship. Absolutely. Um. All right. Now, every episode, we always like to wrap it up with what are three truths 
that you live by, whether they be morals or, um, you know, something that you have taken from your fraternity, church, or mother, um, or something that you've read in your own in your own readings. What are three truths that you feel like you know to be true? Sure. Um, the first two I'll take from uh, from uh, my answer. These two quotes are super dope, and they are definitely true. The first one is she she said uh, along the lines uh, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely the truth. Get a chance, like when they're when people are talking to you and they're, t- and they're showing you who they are believe them and that will save you number one time in your life but also the same token and show you the ways on how you can either want to assist them or assist your way out yeah so that would that's that's very huge another one that she said um on the longer lines is if you if you want stuff to if you want to see stuff change be the change and if you can't change it change your attitude Mm. So, you know, that's something in regards to, like, uh, uh, even, like, uh, Dave would say that a lot. Dave would say that a lot, you know, be the change, be the change, be the change, because, you know, it's easy to say, I want stuff to change. Well, what are you doing to change it? Yeah. Um, then there's one that my coach, my, my wrestling coach from high school would say, he would say, time and the bus waits for no man. <laughs> so, so, you know, you know, treat your time wisely. And it's true, because time will continue to keep going on. It's more about what you plan to do with the time that you have. Mm-hmm. Now, your mom has um, has left us, but her legacy mm-hmm. lives on because she's a powerful woman, and she absolutely right. And so, what do you feel like you would like your legacy to be? What What do you want to be remembered for? So, if my life was like a book, I would want people to read about me that I tried my best to influence others to live a winning life. Mm -hmm. Meaning the fact that, like I said before, that, you know, basically living a life of sorrow is not not an option. Mm -hmm. Don't think, don't get me wrong, bad things are going to happen, but we can try, we can strive to win. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to make sure that I left with that person, whoever I came in contact with, that I encouraged them to be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. Chris, I just wanted to thank you for showing up as your full and true self today and just giving me your time as I know it's the most valuable valuable thing that we have. Is there anything that you would like to add before we leave today? Uh, no, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, uh, first off, I want to say thank you, Vanessa, for even like you know reaching out to me to do this. I think that this is such a beautiful thing and to keep doing this, and no matter what obstacles, if there be any that, that come, you keep going, see it through, keep pushing because this is what's gonna make change, mm-hmm. you being the change, mm-hmm. so. Thank you, Chris, thank you so, so much. Um, we will definitely connect with you on social. Um, I'll definitely tag um, your social handle in the details. Thank you for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, where coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human and their journey, and I hope to continue to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out.
Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.